Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Joining me once again, he's back, folks. Tom, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is ALCS time in Houston. A great game last night. Look forward to talking about it. So before we get into that, I got a few things that I want to cover. Did you see that after we swept the Mariners that the social media guy, he got a lot of other fan bases upset. When did everybody get so soft? Everybody does that. You know, when you haven't been to the playoffs in 21 years, you really want to enjoy it. And I think the fact that they weren't allowed to enjoy it, you know, they were, their feelings were just a little hurt. And, you know, you, our guys went to war with them, so to speak. And I mean, our guys, the Twitter guys, you know, all the different posts, all the different, you know, stuff that they put out where they were kind of the same way we were as an Astros fans. And it's just, you know, it's tough. I understand. I understand that they, they should have just left it alone, but I understand. They had like the play-by-play guy. He, he said something, well, we got the Astros coming into town, so we definitely got to let everybody know where the trash cans are. I mean, if, you, if you're going to dish it out, you have to take it. Absolutely. So another thing people are complaining about, and I don't know <clears throat> if it's just the Dodgers, but it seems like maybe, but their fans slash writers, they're complaining about the playoff format now that they're out. What's up with it's- that? It's it's really funny too because you got like guys like Buster Olney who you know, I mean if you know you know his his bread is buttered you know a certain way he's he's kind of like he plays up to you know the big clubs the Dodgers the Yankees the Red Sox so on and so forth, and he was like well you know maybe we can just change the format to where the the number one seed gets to pick you know who they play and gets to pick whether they want to buy or not. And I responded, maybe they should just win baseball games <laughs> because you know what? In the, in the AL, it was chalk. So clearly if your team was good enough, you won. Now in the NL, they had some good teams at the bottom. You know, the Phillies are a good team. The Potters are a good team. You just got to tip your cap and go, you know what? We didn't have it for a series, but to say that the format was flawed, it's just poor. It's just, it's just looking for an excuse. The American league took care of business. The Astros, Yankees, one and two, they made it. But you pointed out, you made a good observation there. The Padres have a ton of talent. And the Phillies are my team. And let's get, that's my National League hope. Not that I want to face them, but it's just like, how can you not root for these guys? You know, it's funny too, when I watched them, it's like they're the lovable losers. But then you say, oh, they got Real Muto. Oh, they got this guy. Oh, they got Schwarber. Like, oh, wait. They actually have some good players. So let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Oh, I forgot one thing, folks. October 12th. We want to thank all of you guys for listening. October 12th was the number one day of all time on Astros Baseball Podcast since 2018. The number one day ever. 
segue game number one Astros Yankees this is the matchup you asked for you wanted it. <laughs> you wanted it right and by you you mean the New York fan base because clearly after they got rid of the Guardians they went to the streets and were screaming full throat we want Houston we want Houston and I tweeted it out and people said it was like be careful what you wish for it's nice to want things but this is this is not you know just any team and and the Astros took care of business. I remember when I asked you, who do you want to face? And you said, I, I want to face the Yankees. <clears throat> I want to face the best. So it kind of worked out in our favor that we swept our opponent because game one of the American League Championship should be their best pitcher, Garrett Cole, versus our best pitcher. But it's not that way. And that's the advantage of sweeping. That's the advantage of not having rainouts. That's the advantage of not going to game five. So let's get into this. Justin Verlander against James, Jameson Talion. I've never heard the guy's name said. I've only seen it written, and that's how I'm going to say it. <laughs> Top of the second, Bader. What a name. What a baseball name. It's, it's, isn't that the, is that the bad guy for, from Batman, or it's pretty close, right? Uh, Bane. I, I, His name yeah. Is Bane. Yeah. <laughs> So this guy's been pretty much their best hitter. Four home runs already. So he got a solo home run in the top of the second. Fourth home run of the playoffs. One to zero Yankees. But Machete and the Astros answer right back in the bottom of the second. RBI double brings in Chaz one to one. What do you think about Machete and Chaz early in the game bringing in a run? It was actually really, really, really amazing to see because you just didn't expect seven eight nine to do a whole lot in this series from either side you know the yankees aren't are, are top heavy the astros are top heavy so anything you get from the bottom is really gravy so for the yankees for their i think it was their number seven hitter bader to get a homer you know the and the the, the broadcast spoke to it you know that's so critical for them because they expect to get all their offense from the top the astros much the same so for Chaz, Chaz just had a great at bat, man. He just battled, 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 you know, got something to hit, took it right back up the middle. And Maldi had great numbers against uh, Tyone is, uh, I believe, how they say it. And uh, the guy was just, <clears throat> it was it was one of those things where you got a guy that sees somebody really well and he took him the other way. A great shot, a uh, hell of a play by Judge to to kind of corral it because uh, it could have it rolled around for a while. Uh, Chaz was on 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 the go at the crack of the bat, scored from first. That's really hard to do. So credit to Chaz, and it was really big for Justin. I think I think Justin early on didn't have the best command. You could tell he was struggling to find like a release point. He was struggling to get the ball over, and he just needed time to figure it out. Which you know, as as we'll talk about, he eventually did figure it out. So bottom of the sixth, it's still one to one. <clears throat> But no longer, Yuli Gurriel, solo home run, second home run of the playoffs. We're up two to one, and then Chaz McCormick, solo home run, bottom of the lineup, three to one Astros. What do you think about the Chaz Chomp? <laughs> they asked him about it post game, and he's like, "I don't know where it, it originated from." He, I said, "I know there's this one guy. He's pretty famous for it." And somebody said he would wear like an alligator suit or something like that. And he goes, I just know I like it. 
you know, now the, the ball club is behind it. You, you see, you saw Justin in the clubhouse and you saw everybody doing the chomp. And then when they clinched against Seattle, same thing in, in the, in the uh, locker room, you know, celebrating and all you hear is the Chaz chomp going, you know, cause Chaz is a pretty energetic guy. So love it. Love, love that they're, you know, they got runs for Berlander to be able to get him the win. I thought he really pitched really well after he got going. And uh, it was just, you wanted to see him win. You felt like he earned it. So for them to be able to do that after his day was done was pretty awesome. So what did you think coming in? I know that, that Verlander did not have a great game, his first outing, but we had the offense. But we really didn't have a ton of offense this time. We really needed him to show up, and he really did. He had a great game. Someone else that showed up, who's the headliner, Bottom of the seventh, Pena with a insurance run, his second home run of the uh, playoffs. We're up four to one. Rizzo gets a solo home run in the eighth off of Montero. That made it four to two, and that was the final score. And something that is amazing to me, even though the playoffs just started, the Astros are undefeated in the playoffs. That's <laughs> awesome. It is. Uh, Jeremy Pena, I don't think, is getting enough love nationally. I think they need to do a better job. This is a rookie. This is his first season. He's supposed to struggle. He's supposed to have a hard time. And early on in the season, he did. He had a hard time with a slider, really trying to work through picking it up and not swinging it, at the ball away. And now he's just recognizing it better. You can tell he's having better at-bats. And being where he is in the lineup, you know he's going to get to hit. So if he works counts, as, as proven last night, the guy had two doubles and a homer the first rookie to have three extra base hits since Carlos Correa 2015. So he turned out kind of good. So I, if that's any indication of where Jeremy Pena is going, the sky's the limit. I thought of another thing one of the fans said from, I don't know if it was Seattle. I guess it was <clears throat> Seattle. They were making fun of the fact that Altuve went like 0 for 13 or whatever it was. And they're like, yeah, and you still got swept. <laughs> like he hasn't done anything and you still got swept. He hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And the Astros are still undefeated. That's amazing. So let's talk about JV, buddy. Six innings, three hits, one run, only one walk, 11 strikeouts. At one point, he had six in a row. The guy was just on fire. Absolutely. He really struggled early on. I think his pitch count was around 60 pitches after three innings. And you kind of felt like you were only going to get five, if that. And it was just, you know, he was behind hitters a lot. And then at some point in time, somewhere in the middle, I want to say there was that one, there was that one at bat that he had with Matt Carpenter where Maldi and him kind of did weren't on the same page. Maldi came to the mound. They talked it out. And then they get Carpenter on the strikeout. And then he just got rolling after that. And you know that Verlander is just such a talented pitcher that if you give him enough time and and you let him figure things out, he's going to figure it out. And I think this bodes well going forward into the future because he had struggled. That would have been his second game in a row to struggle trying to find his release point, trying to find his command. And I think by the end of that game, you kind of felt like, okay, he's, he's locked back into wherever he was before, you know, the season ended. Yeah. So Hector Neris came in first. Had an inning and a strikeout, no runs. Montero seems to be the big situation guy. Two-thirds of an inning, 
two hits and a walk, buddy. Not very good. Gave up a run. <clears throat> and then Ryan Presley struck out the side for the save. Save number two. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter asking for Ryan Stanek again. I really think that people need to, to take a look. I really feel like this is this is the recipe for Dusty. It's going to be Naris, it's going to be Montero, and it's going to be Presley. And Stanek is not that guy. If the game is tied, if they have a big lead, you'll get Ryan Stanek. High leverage, you know, up by a run or two, trying to hold down a win. Those are your three guys. So the situations that they brought Stanek in during the season contributes to that 115 ERA mm -hmm. is, is the point you're making. So let's look at offense. You already talked about it. Pena, three for four with a home run. Yuli, one for four with a home run. Chaz, two for three, scored two runs, had an RBI. And Maldi, one for three with an RBI. Jose Altuve struggling, but at least, at least last night, he got a walk. He got on base. And then Alvarez, 0 for two, but he walked twice. Bregman, 0 for three, but he walked. So there's three guys who didn't get any hits. But they did get on base four times collectively. The Astros 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, 7 left on base. That's the kind of stat you're going to get when you when you hit three solo home runs. And uh, four runs on seven hits. The Yankees had two runs on five hits. So let's go over some stats that I picked up from uh, just people, you know, that, that <laughs> post stats. Astros hitter had two strikeouts. The Yankees hitters struck out 17 times. That's the largest differential <clears throat> in history of the playoffs, in history. And it really speaks to the two clubs, right? So the Astros are known for not striking out a lot, taking a lot of pitches, working good counts, walking a lot, uh, not afraid to move the line along, where the Yankees are known as a bopper team. You know, they're going to beat you with a long ball. They're going to hit a bunch of home runs, but they're going to strike out a ton. It probably doesn't help that, you know, they're going against a future Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander, who once he found it, found it. He he had guys looking really bad for a while. I know Donaldson swung swung at uh, like a curveball where it was just it was not competitive at all. It looked like he was like just praying that he could just foul something off and it didn't happen. So for the Astros going forward, if they're able to keep those strikeout numbers up, I really think that that bodes well for them. So Justin Verlander, speaking of strikeouts, 219 strikeouts, all-time postseason strikeout leader. How many of these did he get with Houston? That's a really good question. I, I, I wish I had that answer. Because <laughs> I was like, he, he couldn't have got too many of them in Detroit. Even though people forget there was a time Detroit ruled the Central and, and the Orioles. The Orioles used to win the East, and it wasn't even that long ago. It wasn't – a long, long time ago. And here's a, I don't know if you follow Jeremy Frank on Twitter, but he said the Astros are the first team to have more home runs than strikeouts in a postseason game since 2018 when the Astros did it against Cleveland. More home runs than strikeouts. Exactly what you said. They don't strike out a lot. It's really important too, because I mean, when you're not striking out, you're, you're working counts, you're getting that pitch count up, you're putting the ball in play, you're giving yourself an opportunity to get on base. And I know it sounds kind of simple, but it, it really matters in the playoffs because 
when you start to get into these bullpens, when you start to get deep into games, the more the more work you can put on these guys, the more tired, you know, like those things matter. So if a series goes six, seven, or five games like it did with the Yankees in the past series, you're going to have guys that are just going to look not as crisp, not as sharp. And hitters make their money off of hitting mistakes. So to be able to get more mistakes is is the goal. I was looking at the schedule, and they have the day off after they play game two in Houston, and then no more days off. So that's crazy. So the last <laughs> time the last time we were together, I looked for different parts in the game where some scores could have happened that didn't. And it's not much. In the top of the third, Rizzo had a walk, and then Stanton got a double. They had a runner on second and third with one out. Verlander, K, the next two guys. In a 4-2 to two game, that was a big moment. Absolutely. It kept it 1-1, I believe, at the time. And you didn't know if he was going to – find his groove right he was still the pitch count was so high he was still you know battling hitters so for a jv to get out of that it really set the table you know moving forward and i think the astros had one of those issues as well later on in the game bottom of the fifth kyle tucker came up with the bases loaded and one out and we were watching it on my boss's phone and i said buddy (laughs) if there's anyone that you want up with the bases loaded it's kyle tucker then he hit into a double play. <laughs> and that and was the bottom <laughs> of the fifth, and it was still one-to-one. Absolutely. You felt like they were going to get at least one there. Uh, my, my my notorious coworker who does not love Kyle Tucker was quick to text me and let me know that <laughs> Kyle wasn't it last night. Um, I think he'll find it at some point. I it, it definitely was glad that that didn't come back to haunt us because I was really worried when you have a, an at-bat like that, when you have like – you know, clearly you saw the emotion on the Yankees side when they were able to turn the double play. Tyone was 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 jazzed up. You know, Rizzo was jazzed up at first base. So you really felt like there was a potential for them to come back and score in the next inning because they were able to get out of that jam. So for the Astros, it was like you really hope that momentum swing didn't hurt you. And luckily it didn't. So overall, JV was awesome. And the Astros hit three solo home runs. And that is a uh, recipe for a win. All right, so let's take a look at the NLDS or NLCS. My bad, I'm one series behind. It's the Phillies and the Padres. Did you have either one of these in the NLCS? <laughs> I didn't make one of those brackets that MLB.com. I didn't either. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to print it out. Oh, well, I just. But I think I had the Braves and the Dodgers and the Braves <clears throat> winning. So I wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of expect chalk with those two teams. They both won over 100 games. But um, no, nobody saw the Padres beating the Dodgers. And I I could probably see the Phillies beating the Braves. That that division was really competitive. It's just I couldn't believe the way it went down. So, like, for for Atlanta to just struggle so mightily to to stop the Philly from scoring just shocked me because, you know, their, their lineup – does have some hitters in it, right? Bryce Harper, Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, so on and so forth. But there's also some big holes in it too. Verlander faced them the last game of the season for him, and he was perfect through five innings with like eight Ks. That's what, now, that's what surprised me so much, <clears throat> in my opinion of them, is that three-game series with us at the end of the year. I'm like, this is the team? 
the team that we handled easily at the end of the season, this is now the one thing I'll say is when they got a game in Philly, they hit and the momentum is, is, is a real thing, you know? So I believe there was, there's like a, once they felt like, okay, we can do this. Then they started to play better, but maybe that just speaks to how good the Astros are. All right. So game one, Philly won two to zero. That's the kind of games they're going to win. And game two, I think, Philly was was winning and San Diego ended up winning eight to five, but they rattled off like seven runs in a row or something, right? So it's cool. series is tied one to one. Yeah, Philly got up to a four-o lead. It was it was like through two innings. Yeah. And it, everybody, social media, you name it, felt like, wow, you know, that's what the I Phillies, was say. Wow. <clears throat> the Phillies are gonna do this. They're gonna win two games in, in San Diego and then go home. Their fans are amazing if you saw any of that atlanta series when they got to philly it was just a different animal that that ballpark is really loud they're they're really passionate and they've been out of the playoffs for a while so you know obviously they had that going for them but then san diego just would not die and soto had his had his moment finally with the club you know big uh rbi double and they loaded up the bases tied the game and then two of their their newest acquisitions the trade deadline deals uh brandon drury and uh bell from the nationals i can't think of his first name right now josh josh bell thank you and i know uh, nothing about other teams <laughs> but yeah. well we were looking at him the, the astros were trying yeah. to potentially get him but they were huge for them uh josh bell hits a single that scores two runs i believe and he had a homer that kind of got him back in it so Credit to San Diego for for not quitting because they had they were going against Aaron Nola and Aaron Nola pitched phenomenally against the Astros and pitched phenomenally all season long. Is Mancini going to get off the bench? I believe so. I think Dusty is a player's manager, and I think Dusty wants Trey Mancini to do well as much as the rest of us. So I think he's going to give him every opportunity. Aledmus didn't have a great you know day yesterday. He didn't strike out, but his at-bats weren't like anything to write home about. So I imagine there'll be some flip-flop. I seen some Twitter chatter, which I kind of can get behind to see David Hensley get, you know, and a start at the You know, we would like to see that. I just don't know if Dusty's going to get just, just, I I think he's worried, you know, like I want the veteran presence. It's the ALCS. It's true, but Hey, (laughs) Hey, tell that to Jeremy Pena because he's, he's not bothered. Yeah, so, but he's also been playing all year. That's true. But Hensley hasn't done anything but hit since he's been. In. That's and true. When you're when you're talking about a, a DH spot that you've gotten zero from all postseason, why not? We'll see. I, I think I think you're going to see Mancini again. I don't think he's done. And but my hope is that Mans or uh, not Mancini. I'm sorry that Hensley gets a shot. So that could have been a good fair or foul, but it's not. But we do have five brand new ones. You ready for that? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're back. All right, number one. You are surprised to see the Magic Man on the ALCS roster. Foul. I was not surprised to see him. I'm glad he made it. He pitched well all season long. He's amazing to right-handers. The Yankees are right-hand heavy. I think he's like a uh, a 153 batting average against right-handers. I think that that was so smart. Nothing against uh, Jake Myers, but I don't think he was going to get off the bench. So you no. might as well carry another reliever. I think that that is one of those moves that could pay dividends game three, game four in a you know tie game somewhere there. I wasn't surprised, and I was very happy. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Love the Magic Man. So neither one of us were surprised. The only small bit of being surprised is that you may think that he'd go with a lefty Smith over him, you know, go with a veteran guy, but I'm very happy that <clears throat> Magic Man is. This guy, kept, you know, like he's the, he kept being the odd man out. You're the odd man out. It's nothing to do with you. And the guy is on the American League championship roster. That's amazing. And another thing that's amazing, if you look back at Chaz McCormick, you know, they they bring up Myers and they're like, all right, Chaz, see you later. You know, he never left, but you know, like, we don't want you. Go back to go back to Sugarland. He never <laughs> left. And now he starts starting center fielder and he's he's productive. So very happy with these two guys. All right, number two, starting pitcher game two is Framber Valdez. Fair or foul, you wanted Lance McCullers Jr. to start game two. Foul, I think that Framber is the guy you want. I feel like he's earned that right. It's a respect thing. He's been a Cy Young candidate all season long. I, I the same the same argument was made in the Seattle series that, you know, Lance is a is a way better pitcher at home. But I, I I argue that yes his numbers are better, but he's more of a bulldog than than anybody else in that in that rotation except for maybe Justin. So in a hostile environment on the road, and he's proven he can do it in Yankee Stadium already once before. I think it makes so much sense to pitch Lance in Game Three because he's just a warrior. He's going to go out there and and you know he's going to bring it. Whoever starts Game Three is Game Seven starter. That's fine I- with me. That's fine with me too. I I I wanted to see Framber, so that's foul for me too. Because McCullers is good, but Framber's our second best pitcher. And he deserves to be the second pitcher, no matter what. And I, I had mentioned what you said too about the stats. I was trying to predict that McCullers was going to start the the home game against Seattle because you all know the stats. And I was wrong. But anyway, <laughs> I, I I think Framber deserves it. All right, number three, I saw this, and I could have sworn that I've done this before, and I don't know if I've done it with you, and if I have, it's okay. We're going to do it again because I saw someone pose this question on social media. I don't know which one it was, but the Texans should go back to being the Oilers with the colors and the logo and the name. It's foul. I I, I would love I love the colors. I love the name. I'm, I'm, I grew up an Oiler fan, but – I feel like that died when, you know, 
they left and went to Tennessee. And as much as I feel like those colors, that that logo, that symbol is a part of Houston, I'm just okay like letting it lie where it is and just, you know, adopting. You know how the uh the Cleveland Browns lost their team and they became the Ravens, but the city they fought to keep the name. If Houston would have done the same thing, wouldn't you would you rather them be that? Because they were the Tennessee Oilers for a while, so they're kind of dead to us. But I would love it if they would have never been the Texans because I was an Oiler fan as well. I wish they could be the Oilers. I know it's never going to happen. So should they? No. Would I love it? Yes. <laughs> I agree. 100% fair on that. I, if they were, if they'd have kept the name and Tennessee had never been the Oilers or never wore the colors, absolutely. I would have been totally fine being a Houston Oilers fan again. And I, and I think, you know, the league would have been probably more uh, excited to see it than if they, oh, well, the Tennessee's, uh, you know, the Tennessee Oilers are going to come back for a one series or whatever. What do you think about uh, if Houston gets a hockey team and they sport the Oilers colors and be the Oilers? Is that I possible? Think, I don't know if that's possible. I would, I would love that. I, I think uh, an Oiler hockey jersey, that'd be dope. <laughs> I would love it. I'd love to see the Astros play in those old oiler colors, like a special jersey, but they won't even wear the 90 jersey, so that's never going to happen. All right, number four, creamer in your coffee. Are you a coffee <laughs> black guy? So my dad was, and that, so the funny story, and, and I think it's foul, by the way, I'll do it, but I don't believe in it. What? What? No, that a creamer in coffee is fair. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Coffee black is foul. Oh, okay. So funny story. As a kid growing up, it was almost like a chore that we had, you know, had to get coffee going, right? Dad would always be like, make my coffee. Two sugars, that was it. That's all he took. Two sugars, two two teaspoons of sugar. And I tried it, horrible. I get a little older, join the military, you know, work a night shift, had to start coming up with some caffeinated beverages, coffee, creamer, all of a sudden, amazing. I was like, why didn't I drink coffee like this all the time? So what kind of creamer do you use? So it's funny. I, I used to use like the, the, what, what is the, the major brand or whatever, uh, creamer, just, just the plain regular. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is either, but now, uh, I've been turned on to half and half. So a little half and half works just fine. I use caramel macchiato. Don't know how manly that is, but <laughs> I, I wasn't a coffee drinker, and that's drinking caramel macchiatos at at uh, Starbucks. Starbucks is how I started drinking coffee. Because before that, I just get Mountain Dew. That was my coffee. Forty, I was forty years old or something like that before I started drinking coffee. So I say fair. <clears throat> Love creamer in the coffee. And number five, I see these for sale. Okay, I see these for sale, and I'm, I'll am i tell you, foul for me. Foul for me. The jerseys, you know, they, they like people make their own jerseys, like stitches or whatever. It's like a jersey, but it's not the real Astros jersey. So fair or foul, you would wear one of those. <laughs> 100% foul. Would never do it. No, I, I would never want to be seen. I understand it, like... I understand you want to add your own flair or, you know, maybe you want to do something a little different. You don't necessarily love, but it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Everybody's going to see it. And everybody's going to be like, what is that? 
You're like the nerdy kid wearing the cheap clothes in school when you're little. Ah, see, I don't even want to say like that. I, I feel that's bad, but just the fact that it's like I'm not saying it. I'm just comparing. <laughs> I would never do it, ever. I don't know that I'm going to dog anybody, but I, at the same time, I don't want to be that person. that's just like, you can tell you stick out like really bad. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, foul. I would not do it either. So do you have any final thoughts, buddy? I do. I do. Game one was very important and I'm glad that they got the win, but game one was a game you're supposed to win. Nothing against Jameson Tyone. Woodland's product. Great pitcher. Had a great season. But he was not supposed to beat Justin Verlander game one. Garrett Cole, maybe. Not Jamison Tyon. That being said, today's game with Framber is equally as important. I think more important than game one because the Yankees only came into Houston hoping for a split. They didn't care where they got it. They just needed to get a split. So Severino has pitched a lot better as of late. And I think... If all things were equal, I would think Severino is the better pitcher. If he wasn't coming off an injury, stuff like that, he's got a higher ceiling than Tyone. So I think it's very important that Framber gets this win. That way, you're guaranteed a trip back to Houston, regardless of what happens in New York. Yeah, that ballpark, Astros have had great success. I'm I'm not concerned in the least. However, it's still Yankee Stadium. It's still the Yankees there. You rather not find out that you know you lost a game at home that you probably should have won because I feel like game one and two were, were were you pencil those in because you've got your two aces, your two Cy Young candidates going. Obviously, game three you'd love to get with with McCullers. You hope that you know he him and Cole you know tit for tat, and you beat him out late game. But then after that, it's really going to be it's really going to be interesting to see what Houston does. I mean, if it's CJ, CJ hasn't pitched in what two weeks, three weeks, like competitively, you worry about that start and then game five, so on and so forth. Right. So you really hope that they take care of business at home that way, regardless of what happens in Yankee stadium, you you're set yourself up for a chance to still do it on your terms. So how many games were going here? I predicted the Astros in five. I Ooh. think that uh, maybe the Yankees get game three, but that, uh, Javier's had great success against the Yankees. I wonder what he's going to look like after all the layoff. If he's sharp, I think he's going to be really tough. Could go very deep into that game. And then game five, I just don't know who the Yankees are going to pitch. Their pitching is so depleted. It could be a bullpen game. You just don't know. I really think it's going to be tough for them to score runs. And Houston. So, so we'll be celebrating. They'll be celebrating in the New York then. Which would make by week (laughs) (laughs) the the astros will not be coming home according to uh mr third coast tom but anyway buddy that's it i I told tom before we uh recorded that when we do these early morning shows that we both sound tired and not energetic but trust me folks we're excited (laughs) we're just tired but we're excited (laughs) i'm really excited hopefully that comes through and uh i'm excited about game two and i'm excited about going back today shift next week so i can watch some more baseball and i don't think that works out very good for me for the world series but we'll see but with the dodgers going out buddy that opens up the weekend games there will be games on saturday and in houston if it goes seven game two and game seven will be on saturday 
in Houston. So there we go. I might be there. Uh, Rob in Houston for the World Series? Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'll be there. I'll buy you a ticket. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys. For Tom, have a good morning. Have a good week. We'll see you probably tomorrow, right? We got to do game two tomorrow. So we'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Astros Baseball.